The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and I'm back here with my co-host Drew Silva. We're live on Twitch right now, so welcome to our audience there. If you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, uh, we're recording Thursday, August 11th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Tonight's an interesting night in the sports world, not only with preseason football underway, but also the Field of Dreams game taking place in uh, Dyersville, Iowa this evening, this time with the Cubs and the Reds. Uh, Drew, have you catch any of that at all? Yeah, I've had it on in the background. I was listening to Joey Votto mic'd up. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. it's. I, I, I've seen people on Twitter saying like there's not as much hype for this. I think it just has to do with it being between the Reds and the Cubs. Like yeah. It feels like a very meaningless game compared to – was it last year, White Sox-Yankees? Yes. Yeah. I, my concept of time is diminished, but like that that had a lot on the line. Yeah. You know, for the standings, and this one is just like, yeah, mic up the players because it feels like an exhibition game. Yeah. It was also the first one and the yeah. novelty associated with that. I thought it was cool with Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. coming out to have a catch or play catch, whatever you prefer. I Although, don't have a I don't have a preference on that by the yeah, way. Just I, put, I think I say play catch, but put me down for not caring about that debate. <laughs> yes, option C. <laughs> Although I don't know if you noticed, but when uh, Junior threw the ball to, to Senior, he dropped it. Did I didn't see that, see that moment. Uh, yeah, it was like the first throw, he dropped it, and, and Junior was like, "Oh man, was it a good throw?" It was right. It was right in the bread basket. It was right there. But no, I mean, it was, you know, it was nice. It was cool. I, you know, I wasn't expecting that. So that was cool. I've heard some rumors of something that will happen later, which, hey, I'm, I'm excited I'm for it. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, I guess we could talk about it. I, I don't, it seems like maybe they're not going to go through with it, but they've designed a Harry Carey hologram yep. that I guess will maybe appear in the corn or something. <laughs> uh, do you know what nice. inning that's supposed to happen? I, isn't it usually after the seventh inning? Oh, he's going to like sing, take me out to the ball. I would assume. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I so would like to see it. I would like to see it. I'm, I'm, Hey, I'm tuned in. I don't well, see also, how, yeah, why would that be offensive? Today, I have a couple, uh, a couple of my picks are in this game. So I'm, I think so, I picked so, over, over, over eight and a half runs or 
Over nine runs and an RBI from Wilson Contreras. I know Contreras just took a spill around second base. He's he back behind the plate, though. Yeah, he's playing. So there's that at least. Um, so extra extra incentive for me to watch this Dude, game. Something I had a taste on this afternoon. It was like plus fifteen hundred for Paul Goldschmidt to have six plus total bases and the Cardinals to win. He had a double and a homer, and uh, then he comes up. Um, but the the Rockies are up eight to five going into the ninth inning, so he he's got the total bases. All I need is a win. Yeah, Goldschmidt comes up. What did he do? He grounded out, which drove in a run, and then Nolan Arenado struck out with two men on, like with the ability to tie the game or even possibly put the Cardinals ahead. Wow! So I was. I was bummed about that. It was more of a lottery ticket play than anything, but yeah, those can be fun sometimes. So let's get into some headlines. We haven't really done a show like this in a little while, but there there's a number of interesting things going on around the league. We'll try to make this a, a nice quick 30 minute show for you guys with a lot of different topics from around the league. So I want to start here with Vaughn Grissom, really impressive debut against the Red Sox on Wednesday, hit a bomb of a home run over the green monster uh, also stole a base. He's actually the youngest player uh, with a home run and a stolen base in his debut since 1900, believe it or not. I feel like these stats pop up all the time. And I'm like, really? But it that, does. Yeah. I, I think it's like the baseball reference. What do they call that? Playing decks? Um, or yeah. I think it might be called something else now. But yeah. yeah, it is called something else now. I Stat can't head. remember it. Stat head. That's it. And like so many people have access to it. So it's really easy to come up with, oh, this is the first time this has ever yep. happened kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, really cool debut. I, I'm amazed that the Braves kind of continue to do this. Michael Harris, the second called up straight from double A. I think he had like around 100 at bats at double A before they called him up. None at triple A. Yeah, Grissom then, only played 22 games at double A. So yeah. 21 years old. But hey, if they think you're ready, you know, you're ready. And, you, and I'm sure after seeing what Harris did, you know, and they have an opening there with uh, Orlando Arcia's out, uh, I think, for like three or four weeks with a hamstring strain. Yeah. Ozzy Albi still has a few weeks coming back from his foot fracture. So there's a short-term window here to see what Grissom can do. I think in a deeper mixed league, makes some sense. Hit 14 homers, had 27 stolen bases, uh, over 96 games between high A and double A um, this year. And, you know, I know Marcel Azuna has hit some homers i think he has 20 home runs but he hasn't he hasn't been that great and he's their primary dh i wonder if there's an opportunity there um i guess we'll have to see but i think in the very least you know there's a short-term window here he looks like a player yeah me he's someone who's elevated his status when he was first drafted i think he was 11th round rounds it was you know right out of high school too but he's really elevated his status as, as a prospect over the past couple of years. So looks legit, highly regarded, a little surprising to see him this soon. But, you know, if you're in a deeper mix league, I think it's worth a shot, especially getting a piece of this lineup, which I think um, should be a good one during the second half. Yeah, if the Braves didn't have an immediate need at second base, this probably wouldn't have happened. But again, I, I like that they're aggressive. I think more teams should do this like if, if the guy looks like he's at all ready and you feel like you're not going to stunt his development by throwing him into the fire of, of the big leagues just do it like, yeah. what what are you waiting for and yeah he had 54 strikeouts in 442 plate appearances this year 
in the minors. That's like really encouraging. A, a career yep. 402 on base percentage across 227 minor league games. Just the exact kind of stats that you'd want. Very efficient base stealer, too. Yeah. Um, not related to Marquise Grissom. I, no. I got a couple that questions up. about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, th- that would have been cool. Actually, Marquise Grissom's son, I think it's Marquise Grissom Jr., plays at Georgia Tech right now and, and mm-hmm. might be a draft prospect eventually. But, yeah, I'm all about adding Vaughn Grissom in a, in a deeper league because he's got playing time and he's got the, the counting stats and the rate stats that you would like. Like, yeah, he's he's been rushed to the majors, but – the talent level is there and we've seen what Michael Harris, the second could do. And he's in a great situation to succeed. Yeah. We could be looking at Dansby Swanson's replacement, uh, assuming he leaves via free agency, which I think could be pretty likely, honestly. Yeah. Roto Pat had a great reaction to when they called Von Grissom up, he retweeted it and he was like, uh, just Artie Moreno just signed Dansby Swanson to a $200 million deal right now. (laughs) Like, that be Don't give him any ideas, Pat. I know, I know. We need pitching, but no. No, let's get a 28-year-old shortstop. <laughs> All right. So some interesting players returning from injury. Uh, I'll give you this first one here with Lance McCullers. Um, been waiting all season. It did seem like maybe he was going to, you know, we were going to see him sooner, but it's it's taken a little while. Yeah, I think there are lingering concerns here that he is not back to who he was. I mean, you just look at the minor league stat lines, allowed five earned runs over five innings, seven hits, five or three walks over five innings, his last start at AAA Sugarland. Um I I there have been talk about like his velocity is down on his entire arsenal. Yeah. He's Lance McCullers. He's had some amazing runs in the past, but for a, like a flexor strain to linger as long as it has, this happened in the ALDS last year. Right. Um, I'm a bit worried that he's not back to who he was. And I, I mean, he's probably already been picked up in your league. And I, I wouldn't like be real optimistic about this. It's interesting that the Astros are ready to give it a try. I mean, he, he can't like his rehab window is closed. So it's time for that to happen. Right. But I, I, I don't feel real good about him performing super well yeah i wouldn't either and i'm skipping ahead a little bit on my agenda but it's hard to not make the contrast with dustin may um there's a guy that i'm real excited about yeah Yeah. uh and yeah of course the dodgers could use more help you know the best team in baseball (laughs) um but he's very close to completing his rehab from tommy john surgery he hasn't pitched in a major league game since may 1st of 2021 May allowed just one run in five innings with eight strikeouts in his most rehab, his most recent rehab start in AAA. I believe that was on Monday. Um, now has a 1.69 ERA with 26 strikeouts, just five walks in 16 innings. Uh, May is lined up for one more tune-up outing in AAA on Sunday before joining the Dodgers rotation. Uh, and I think there's there's big expectations here. He has frontline starter potential if his secondary pitches can come together. Maybe you're not banking on that kind of upside this year. You know, we know that command can be an issue uh, coming back, you know, pitchers coming back from Tommy John surgery, but uh, there's huge upside here. May is rostered in 53% of Yahoo leagues, which is, you know, a pretty high number, but in some more shallow leagues, he may still be out there. So at the very least, you know, stash him in an IL spot, uh, maybe see how he is in his first start back. I think he could 
really pay off nicely down the stretch here. Yeah, he's 15 months removed from Tommy John surgery. The Dodgers took their time with this because they yeah. can afford to because they have enough pitching depth. And he added a changeup uh, while he was rehabbing. So not only do you have like the, the sinker that can hit triple digits, uh, the four-seamer that can hit triple digits. He, he had a cutter that he was toying with before he underwent Tommy John. Um, one of the highest spin rates on his curveball, and then now you add a changeup. Yeah, this, what does the changeup from Dustin May look like? Is it 94? <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> Just to keep hitters off balance a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the, the command has been really promising on on his minor league rehab stint with five walks in – six or yeah five walks in 16 innings 26 strikeouts like you said this dude's got the arsenal to be a, a fantasy superstar to be an another ace as if the dodgers needed one and you know to replace clayton kershaw is yeah. it's like he you could even argue that he's probably an upgrade over kershaw in some ways Ooh. yeah i mean I think it's true. And going into the playoffs, even if you have to move him into like a long relief role, what a weapon that is. Yeah. Dodgers Mets NLCS. It's going to be a good one. Huh. I tweeted this yesterday. Like I'm very happy that the Mets are good, but I'm also extremely uncomfortable that they're this good. Cause you yeah. all, as a Mets fan, I think you always feel like, well, okay. Like what's, what's next here? Like what's going to happen? How am I going to get my, my feet knocked out from underneath me? Yeah, the, the years that the Cardinals have had really good teams going into October, like it's right before that first pitch is thrown in the playoffs, I like somehow remove all expectations from my brain. It's like a compartmentalizing yeah. practice. So I, right. I recommend trying that. It's hard to do, though. It is hard to do. I, I'm very calm during the regular season. Like I never like really take much seriously at all. I have no reaction most of the time. But – playoffs it's all out the window you know it all goes back to like the way you felt when you first started watching baseball when you're like 12 13 years old yeah like i'm a 35 year old dude with a lot of bills to pay and like you know (laughs) responsibilities but man if if i'm watching the nl wild card game and and the cardinals are in it i'm like freaking out yeah (laughs) pitch by pitch speaking of wild card that's what the padres are basically aiming for i believe they're 13 back of the Dodgers, which is pretty hilarious to say that. Um, but they're getting some help here here soon with Fernando Tatis Jr.'s return, uh, looking pretty imminent at this point. Yeah, and he hit a – what, I had a leadoff double. He doubled and tripled in his most recent rehab game on Tuesday night, got a day off uh, today. All right, I guess, yeah, I have my, my week. Yeah, right, today's Thursday. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's getting really close. He's playing the outfield and shortstop, which is interesting. I bet he'll just kind of do that down the stretch. Yeah. Um, you know, the the Padres have the pieces to where they can kind of move guys around. And, yeah, he went hitless over his first couple of rehab games, but it seems like he's found it now. And if the wrist is healthy and, I mean, he's a he's a five-category superstar, what, what more can you say? This is what you've waited for, and now he's joining a lineup that is – added Juan Soto and Josh Bell and Brandon Drury has been awesome. He's been the best of those three so far. Yeah. So yeah, the Padres, I guess it's good that the the playoff format allows you to play three games as a wild card or best of three, you know? Um, But man, it would be, it would be kind of a downer if they lost in the wild card round. At least it's not one game anymore though. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. That's the thing. I mean, they're going all in, but I mean, I guess the good thing is, they have Juan Soto for 
you know, two more years. True. You know, so it's not all about this season. Um, but I mean, you're competing with the Dodgers no matter what. That's that's always hard. But with Tatis, yeah, it does seem like there's going to be, you know, shortstop, center field, DH, kind of moving between those spots down the stretch here. And, you know, Trent Grisham's there in center field, but, you know, maybe he'll mostly face right handers. And uh, Ha Sung Kim has been playing shortstop, but he's right handed. So there's a way to kind of maneuver around this. And um, I think it's actually good news for fantasy managers who will likely see Tatis have dual eligibility between outfield and shortstop going into uh, 2023. Not that you need extra incentive to uh, draft Fernando Tatis Jr., but uh, it's just a little little bonus there for sure. I think what will be interesting is to see how the Padres put together this lineup because – Yeah, I was going to uh, say. Yeah, Jerickson Profar has done really well at out of the yeah. I was looking earlier today. Uh, he's hitting 290 with a 358 on base percentage out of the leadoff spot this season. So given, you know, Tatis a little might need a little time uh, to shake the rust there. As maybe Tatis hits lower initially. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think he'll be up near the top pretty quickly. But I think Profar is probably going to stay there, uh, at least in the short term. Yeah, Profar switch hitting kind of gives them a lot of flexibility to to kind of do whatever they want. Um, I, I I feel like Tatis is just going to jump to the very top of the lineup. They're going to bat him lead Probably. off in his debut, and unless he gets off to a really rough start, uh, maybe they knock him down to like seventh or eighth, just you know to take some pressure off. It's a, it's just a really deep lineup, and you can kind of put yeah. guys anywhere. Yeah, you I mean, could you bet- could hit Tatis second behind Profar, and then do Soto, Machado, Bell. Yeah, three, four, five. That would be pretty cool too. Man, that lineup. If they're at full strength, it's going to be pretty fun. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Quick word here for our listeners. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch Juan Soto and the Padres. Uh, catch Juan Soto make his return to Washington when the Padres face the Nationals this Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern live on Peacock. To learn more, go to peacocktv.com MLB. 
And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. Should be an interesting uh, broadcast for sure uh, there. So one uh, transaction I wanted to mention uh, from this week. So the Cubs claimed uh, Fran Mil Reyes off waivers after he was designated for assignment by the Guardians. Uh, Reyes was hitting just 213 with nine home runs and a 607 OPS. Over 70 games this season with Cleveland. The strikeout rate steadily climbing over the past couple of years. This year, all the way up to 37%. Still, even keeping that stuff in mind, I'm a little surprised, I guess, the Guardians did this. But they are also cheap. Um, and he's going to be arbitration eligible. Again, this offseason, they probably didn't want to pay. I don't know how much he was going to be owed in arbitration next year. But probably a few million. They probably yeah. didn't want to pay that. But, you know, for a team like the Cubs rebuilding team have some gaps in their lineup like why not take a shot on someone like Fran Mill Reyes I I still believe in the power even though you know he's not making a lot of contact these days but he hits the ball extremely hard always has rated really highly as far as average exit velocity hard hit percentage stuff like that so I love uh taking a shot on him uh I like the fit there in Chicago as well uh, we'll see what happens down the stretch. I'd take a shot on him in shallow leagues. Why not? You know, and we'll see what happens here down the stretch. But I, I think he can still be a really valuable contributor uh, in mixed leagues. He's, you know, he could come back next year and hit thirty plus homers. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. He's a guy with a thirty-seven homer season in the past. He had thirty home runs last year. Yeah. Um. It just really all fell apart for him this season. And I feel like the the Guardians thought he was kind of hurting them which he really was i mean if, yeah. if you look at the numbers and a guy who doesn't really play defense and they wanted to get some of their younger players more playing time and hey they're in first place right now too which yeah. is crazy i guess we haven't really talked on record since the trade deadline um i was like stunned and disappointed that they did not do anything at the deadline yeah. like all they did was trade sandy leone to the twins for ian hamilton right like they have what the third lowest payroll in the one majors, of the best, one of the best uh, minor league systems. Yep, as well. I, it, you couldn't add a, a rental that's making a little bit of money. I, I don't know exactly who they should have added. I'm, could you try for JD Martinez, even though he's not having a, a great year? Just do yeah. something. And I'm. It, it's really disappointing that they didn't because I think it's actually a really good team. Yeah, obviously leading a, a down AL Central. The Twins did a lot at the deadline, and, and good did. for them. But they're kind of they've kind of been in a, a collapse for a little bit. And then the White Sox are just a team that I will never understand how this team is not better than it's been. They had the bases loaded with no outs today against Zach Greinke, and then in the heart of their order coming up, and it went two strikeouts and a ground out, and, and they wound up losing again to Kansas City. That pretty um, much sums up their season. You know, yeah, but yeah, I, I agree with you on Framo Reyes. It could be a change of scenery type of thing. His baseball savant page is crazy. It's like some sharp red on you know hard hit percentage, and then everything else is real blue. Um, yeah, he's had some bad luck, but he's also always kind of been a flawed player. Yeah, and I think the game is kind of soured on these kind of one dimensional yes. type of slugger types. Um, they're not hard to find. And they hurt you in other areas. Um, I know rosters are a little deeper these days, 26-man rosters. 
and there's DHs, you know, in both leagues. So there's still some utility with that, but still like if, if you struggle for a bit, you know, your job's going to be, be at risk if you don't offer value in other areas. I, I think that's kind of uh, what that's representative of. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think the guardians are content with like things work out this year. Great. You know what I mean? And they have a lot of young prospects in the system who they're, they're giving some opportunities there and they're seeing what happens, but what if, if, if you're I not going to take, fan, I'd be disappointed. Right. If you're not going to take advantage of the situation that is presented to you this year with two months to go, you know, a later trade deadline and I guess they were like a game and a half out of first place on August 2nd. Now they're in first place. I just, if you're not going to go for it, then like when, when you get all these prospects together, that's when you're going to spend money. I like, I don't believe they're ever going to spend money. No, I don't either. And they got Jose Ramirez to a very team friendly, long-term deal. Uh, It's just, it bothers me. Yeah. Speaking of a team who I don't know what they're doing, uh, the Rockies. The Rockies? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Harris Montero has been red hot recently. Of course, he was part of that big Nolan Arenado trade two off seasons ago. A lot of that deal hasn't gone well for Colorado, but Montero has a chance to be the bright spot here. And, and he's showing that right now on nine game hitting streak, I believe, currently some really nice numbers in the minors and really has nothing else to prove down there. Uh, 21 home runs, has a 900-plus OPS over 93 games in AAA uh, over the past two seasons. Finally getting a chance at regular playing time. I think he's mostly been playing first base recently. So impressive what we've seen. Um, and enough that I'm willing to take a shot on him in, in shallow uh, mixed leagues there. You know, gets to play half his games in Coors Field. So uh, hits the ball hard, at least in this small sample we've seen. Uh, but I do think there's going to be a learning curve here. Um, 23 strikeouts, just one walk in, in 66 plate appearances uh, going into play Thursday. So I think the plate discipline uh, could catch up to him here. But, um, you know, if the Rockies are committed to, to giving him a chance here, which they should be, I think he could be a nice pickup here down the stretch. Yeah, he's already had a couple different call-ups this year. And finally, it seems to have connected on this most recent call up, which was right after the trade deadline, he went over four with two strike or left two runners on base uh, this afternoon against the Cardinals, but has was on a, a big time hit streak before then. I think five straight multi hit games yep. and a homer and a bunch of RBIs mixed in there. And yeah, I mean the rest of that trade, I, I tweeted something out on Tuesday. So the, the Nolan are not a trade package. Austin Gomber at that point at a 5.64 ERA through 97 innings this year currently working in like a long relief role Mateo Gill who was kind of a a headliner in that deal has really struggled this year at high a ball uh 213 batting average 279 OBP Jake Summers is hurt right now but he had a 5.59 ERA last year in high a Tony Losey uh 13.50 ERA at double a and then yeah they're really banking on Montero to be to become a good slugger for them which it seems like with the minor league numbers, he could be. There is some swing and miss in there, but he's still young, and you can tap into some course field effect. I, I think he's totally worth giving a shot. If yep. the Rockies play him a bunch down the stretch, which like there's no reason for them not to, but when you say that about the Rockies, like that they should do something, oftentimes they they don't. Um, yep. But in in this case, like he he's a guy that they need to find out what he is going into next year. 
Yeah, I agree. And and sort of a similar situation with Carrie Carpenter with the Tigers. Yeah. And I feel like I do a pretty good job paying attention to prospects, <laughs> but I did not know him at all like two months ago. You know? I did, yeah, I didn't really know him until they called him up. <laughs> so he had a 752 OPS in double A last year. So like if you, you know, if you even if you are like a hardcore dynasty player and you never heard of him, that's totally understandable because that's pretty underwhelming uh, output there. But he tore the cover off the ball in the minors this year. 30 home runs, 1,025 OPS over 97 games between double A and triple A. The Tigers just called him up on Wednesday. He went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in his debut. I guess you worry about the swing and miss. He did have a strikeout rate of 27.5% in double A this year. But I think it's also worth noting that he had just as many walks as he did strikeouts uh, in his 34 game run in triple A. And the strikeout rate was 12.3%, which is pretty encouraging. And I think that, you know, 34 games, I think he had something, it was like close to 100 plate appearances there, maybe a little bit more uh, in triple A. So I think that's pretty cool. I think given where the Tigers are and like Akil Badu has been a huge disappointment this year. I mean, you can go up and down that lineup. That Tigers. Torkelson. Torkelson's disappointed. Uh, Green hasn't, you know, he's struggled a bit too. Uh, he's been better than Torkelson, but um, you know, he's had his share of struggles as well. Um, the whole lineup, man, has been brutal. It's terrible. I mean, it's, it's worse than the A's, which is just bad. Like Miguel Cabrera has, we'll has been to, one of their best hitters. You know? Yeah, we'll get to a, a little bit more Tigers in a minute. But given all those disappointments and Carpenter looks like maybe he's a player here, like why not? Like Just give him a shot down the stretch here and see what happens. Certainly in you know a more uh, shallow mixed league, you have better options, more reliable. But in a deeper mixed league, I, I think he's worth a pickup right away to see if this power translates at the, at the major league level. I don't know what to expect with him, like, or what to believe, uh, you know, 19th round pick in, in just 2019. And it's really like, yeah, like you said, wasn't really all that impressive at double a last year and then explodes between double a and triple a this season. His numbers got better after the promotion to triple a Toledo. I root for these kind of guys like late bloomers kind of unheralded. He wouldn't be the first one to become an established, like really good major league hitter. Wouldn't it be funny if he, becomes more successful than Spencer Torkelson, who was the number one overall pick and a, a top 10 prospect unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden Kerry Carpenter comes out and is like the new big time, long time future slugger for the, this yeah. Tigers franchise. I don't really foresee that playing out. It's hard to know what to trust because he was not on any, even close to anyone, any top 100 prospect list coming into the year. But yeah, for where the Tigers are, I mean, Aaron Judge has almost as many home runs as the Tigers do. I, I think they're only separated by about 20 home runs right now. Wow. Um, um, so with yeah. with uh, Torkelson, have you seen his numbers since going down to triple? Terrible. Terrible. Really bad. I know. This thing is all messed up. And I also saw Thursday that Jared Kelnick got sent back down. Yep. Baseball's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have more eyes on prospects than ever before. And, and we still, still don't know. Right. You just <laughs> never know. You just never know. Just always remember that, you know, you never know. Yep. Where do we go next? Um, Lars Newtbar. But I, right. So we, we did a, a shared doc uh, for some of these topics and I, I wrote is Lars Newtbar a dude. 
And I think today I, I decided that he was, he's a dude. <laughs> right. He jumped up into the leadoff spot, just his second career start at leadoff. And I think one of the, the other one was like a getaway day game where they were resting a bunch of guys. Um, hit a leadoff double, drew two walks. He's got a nearly 1,200 OPS since the beginning of July. Um, he was a really productive minor league hitter, drafted out of USC. I think he's a really good defensive player. Um, it's it. What's interesting about it is that if the Cardinals or so the Cardinals were kind of pursuing Juan Soto. If you read more into it, it sounds like maybe they were not as as focused on Soto. At least by the end of the trade deadline, it was more Padres Dodgers. It, mm-hmm. Like if you read Joel Sherman and and um, John Heyman, they put together kind of a, a recap of those negotiations on the New York Post. But by not getting Juan Soto and by trading Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery, they said, hey, to Lars Newtbar, right field is yours. Hmm. And I think he's really taken to that. I know he had worked at driveline over the offseason and then visited them again over the all-star break and found something with his swing. Anytime I tweet about Lars Newtbar, like the driveline guys like it or retweet it, it's a good way to get um, to, to build your brand. Build your following. If you just tweet about Lars Newbar, the driveline guys will give you a retweet. Um, but I mean, what what they do in that kind of pitching and hitting lab is legit. I mean, it's pr- produced a lot of really good results. Some of it, some not so good results, but generally, it's it's very successful what they have going there, and it's worked for Lars Newbar. Who, I mean, the Cardinals have not really had a great leadoff option all year. Tommy Edmond, I think he is who he is. He's a really good baseball player, but he doesn't get on base enough to be yeah, a leadoff a man. Flawed. Yeah. Yeah. There's some flaws. There's a lot of like, there's a lot to like in Edmonds game, but there's, he's, he's not a leadoff hitter. Yeah. Um, and so if they kind of settle on um, Dylan Carlson's had a rough couple of weeks, if they settle on Lars Newbar as their leadoff man hitting in front of Arnado and Goldschmidt, that's huge fantasy value. I think he should be rostered everywhere. And I, I he, he doesn't offer like a ton of power and a ton of speed, but he has a little bit of both. And I think, the batting average can be good, and he's going to score a lot of runs if he gets on base and, and sticks around at leadoff for the cards. So let's talk about a former Cardinal, Matt Carpenter. Um, yeah, bummer. Fortunately, man, it's that's such a bummer. Out six to eight weeks with a fractured foot. Uh, no surgery needed, but still a really tough blow for the Yankees and really too bad for Carpenter, who has, has had this incredible resurgence this year. 305, 15 homers. 1138 OPS over 47 games. Just ridiculous, ridiculous numbers that he's put up uh, this season when it looked like his career might be, might have been over altogether. Um, You know, six to eight weeks does allow him to maybe be back by the end of the regular season, be part of a postseason roster. That's all the Yankees are are focused on right now. Um, But he's been kind of a really sneaky savior for a lot of fantasy teams out there. Uh, But I just feel bad for the dude because he was like a folk hero there. Yeah. And I, I think he has found something that, and it's a great spot for him with that left-handed lofted swing um, to be playing at Yankee stadium and in the AL East in general. And I think even if he doesn't make it back this year, which to me is a possibility, I know they're saying six to eight weeks, but you know, he's a 36 year old dude and with a fractured foot, I think it's going to be a while. Um, but I think the Yankees should re-sign him. Like yeah. it's been such a good fit, and he is comfortable in a in a bench, pinch hitting role. You know, sometimes playing a little first base, playing a little corner outfield, cycling in at DH, 
Um, you can't really trust Stanton's health all the time. So I think he'd be a great part-time DH and, and bench bat for them. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets done, even if we don't see him again this year. It's, it's been a really cool story. He was one of my favorite players for a long time. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he thought that he was done with baseball. And he traveled around to a bunch of different hitting coaches over the offseason, kind of figured it out. Like, he was hitting the ball well at the Rangers AAA affiliate, but they let him go and landed in a great spot there in the Bronx. And, yeah, I think this is going to go into 2023 as well. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. He's been a great story. Uh, last thing I wanted to hit on, we'll get to weekend streamers in a minute, but, uh, the Tigers firing Al Avila, um, after seven years as executive VP and general manager. So the Tigers during his tenure, you know, they moved into a rebuild, you know, pretty much right away mm-hmm. after Dombrowski left. Uh, so four last place finishes, uh, last place again this year, they had the second worst record in the AL to be fair, though, after the moves they made during the offseason, you know, signing Eduardo Rodriguez, signing Javier Baez, uh, with the young pitching coming up, Torkelson, Green, there was a lot of good vibes with the Tigers. I actually picked them to be a wild card team this year. Just pretty much everything that could have gone wrong yeah. has gone wrong for this team. Casey Mize is hurt. Torkelson struggled. Baez has been bad. A disaster. Yeah, Green was hurt. You know, he was going to make the opening day roster. He got hurt. He's still adjusting at the major league level. Eduardo Rodriguez left the team for a while due to personal issues. He's still not back. Um, I think he's getting closer, but he's still not back. Um, This team just hasn't hit. The young pitching hasn't progressed the way they've hoped. So, I don't know. I, I liked what they did, and I liked the direction they were turning in especially after the the way they played during the second half last year. But I think they might be the most disappointing team in baseball, given the expectations. I agree with you. And I I think Avila was the fall guy. He made a lot of bad moves over his short tenure there. Um, I I didn't like Chris Illich's press conference. Uh, Yeah. He he just like a reporter asked him, how much blame do you take? And he was like, well, you know, it wasn't my decision to, to you're telling me that the owner doesn't make the decision to give Javier Baez the contract that he got. He, he certainly signed off on that. Right. Uh, and he um, said like, I didn't trade Justin Verland. <laughs> like, all right, little, little Caesar, um, <laughs> little Caesar junior, littlest Caesar. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't like these sons of baseball owners that take over the team and, and think they were, they built that that they like deserve something. I don't know. I'm gonna go off on a tangent well, here, mean, but hey, I had to deal with uh Jeff Jeff Wolpon for yeah, way too you long. Under, you so understand? I, I am familiar with this. And, um, I, I but I, I think the deal on his face is probably not it was not a good GM. It was a weird hire in the first place, honestly. Uh, but I I also think what's interesting is that Illich said that AJ Hinch would have a role in finding the new GM. Hmm. I wonder if maybe Hinch would be interested in just jumping into the front office. Yeah. Um, they obviously really like him everywhere he's gone. People have had great things to say about him. Yeah. Whatever you feel about his Astros tenure. Um, he's a really smart, smart baseball lifer who would probably be great in the GM role. I, I've just never heard a scenario, at least in like the last decade or so, where the manager is going to make the call about the GM. It's honestly gone in a different direction where like, they've 
devalued the manager position most teams and the gm is the guy that runs everything yeah i I think i remember like toward the end of like buck showalter's uh, tenure in baltimore i think he had a lot of say in you know dfa and who were claiming on waivers and like that kind of stuff he was really heavily involved in the front office but um yeah it's very rare to hear that with the manager having that sort of power it's kind of interesting. I, I'm, I, I, it would be a, a fun experiment at the very least to see how that would work out. It's more yeah. of like an NFL kind of. It uh, is totally. Yep. To yep. it. Yeah. Hey man, maybe when people zig, you should zag, but God, that doesn't, hasn't really worked in baseball. It hasn't worked for like the Rockies, the angels. <laughs> yeah. I think it could be hard if you're making really tough moves to still have the like command of a, clubhouse i think having that like separation is an important thing yeah i think baseball is a different animal um team wise than the nfl like you actually have to cultivate a real culture in the clubhouse because you're with each other for a long time like way more than football players have to be with each other there's an emotional human aspect to it I, i know that playing football is a super emotional sport but just like actually getting along um, and having to make tough decisions, I think it's harder sometimes in baseball. Totally. I agree. So I have a weekend streamer here. Um, I'm going to go with Graham Ashcraft. Yeah, I was going to take him. Sorry about that. We should have. should have. <laughs> it's okay. But he's been really good recently. Uh, he, he got off to a good start then struggled for a bit, um, but seems to be figuring things out here recently. Over his last three starts, he's been really good. Now, let's see, one seven four ERA. Um, you know the Cubs lineup is not good. Um, this matchup's Friday, um, so if you're listening to this podcast early Friday, you still might have a chance to pick them up same day. Uh, induces a lot of ground balls. Not necessarily a big strikeout guy, but I think he can handle this Cubs lineup and deliver a nice start. You know, Cubs Reds, both the lineups are bad. I actually think he got pushed to Saturday. So you're oh, did he? Good. Okay. yeah, this is Saturday. Saturday. There it is. Um, I, Matt Manning stuck out to me, and we just talked about the Tigers. He's been hurt a lot this year, but um, came back and what was that last? I have a calendar up on, on Sunday. Yeah, he went seven scoreless innings with seven strikeouts against the Rays, who their lineup is pretty terrible too. But um, uh, he's a guy with a lot of talent, still very young, and and finally back from the injured list. Um, he takes on the White Sox, who again, have just been one of the most frustrating teams in the league. They just lost Tim Anderson possibly for the rest oh. of the year uh, with a fracture in one of his fingers. And they, I, mean, they, I think this year they've only had Anderson, Eloy, Robert, Grandal, and Abreu in the lineup at the same time once, wow. which is crazy. I mean, it explains a lot why they haven't been very good. But Yeah, Grandal's um, having a terrible year. Yeah, he is. His numbers earlier. Oof. Man, that White Sox. They might be the most disappointing team. I mean, they're they're in they're in you know they're right there. They could still win it, but given all the expectations, yeah, they were to me. I thought they were far and away the best team in that division coming into the year. Yeah, I I thought they would run away with the division, right? And I guess it's going to come down to the end. I I wouldn't know who to bet on. Yeah, the Orioles have the same record as the Rays. It's crazy, and they're only two games back of the Blue Jays right now. Go O's, man. I'm rooting for them. Oh, me too. They're fun. 
They're a fun team. They're, they're like, I mean, they kind of took the same approach as the Guardians, though, at the trade deadline. Yeah. They, I mean, and if not worse, they, they traded. They had more justification play. to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But they, they're kind of similar as the Guardians where, like, they'll bring up a prospect and throw them in there, see what happens. I think the Orioles are actually being more aggressive as far as that's concerned. Um, Taron Vavra. Yeah, he looks like a player. Right now, he looks good. Um, we'll see if they bring up Gunnar Henderson. I think there's a chance they might. But no, I mean, a lot to be excited about. For Did you see uh, Felix Bautista's new entrance while you were away? I did. It's pretty sweet. It's the Omar whistle from The yeah. Wire and then that, uh, I forget the name of the song. It's, yeah, he's, he's having a great year. It's hard to top Edwin Diaz's entrance, but I, know. I think Felix's is pretty good. Yeah. Well, they're actually going to have the the Trump, like what is it Timmy trumpet Timmy yeah Timmy? like actually live I mean I sure hope there's a save chance there that day I mean yeah. if there's not that's yeah, I know. what do you do terrible hey, Bring can you come back tomorrow Timmy. I don't know what you do um but no it's it's a great entrance it's it's pretty fun and and kudos to Edwin Diaz for completely turning things around he's I mean, is he a free agent that. this winter uh he is yeah, that's someone's gonna pay him too much money, but good for him. Yeah, no, he's been he's been awesome. Degrom, Scherzer, Diaz, unhittable. Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, all right, uh, I think that's us. That's it for us this week. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. Five stars, always appreciated. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. True is at True Silve. Take care, everyone. We will see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.